Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello and welcome to the Women in Manufacturing Podcast. My name is Fran Brunel and I'm the president of Accelerated Manufacturing Brokers, Inc., a company that specializes in mergers and acquisitions nationally within the manufacturing sectors, and I'm your host for today's show. So today we welcome to the show Chelsea Sutton. Chelsea is an Army veteran, a CMU grad, and co-owner of two CNC machine shops in Southwest Michigan, Smith Metal and Sutton Machining. The two companies offer services in CNC milling, CNC turning, EDM, 3D printing, surface grinding, welding, and fabrication. Chelsea is the head of business development, marketing, and public relations. Like all small businesses, as an owner, she wears multiple hats. Chelsea, welcome to the show. Thanks, Fran. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, we're glad you're here. Hey, listen, let's dive in. Introduce our listening audience to your companies. Tell us how you and your husband got started. Okay, yeah. My husband and I, about five years ago, purchased Sutton Machining. It was under a different company name in Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh, We renamed it and moved it to Brunson, Michigan, and we partnered with Dave's brother, so my brother-in-law, Josh Sutton, and his wife, Ginny Sutton cone scent machining with them. That business grew pretty quickly and we were looking to expand. We were renting a building at a time to have extra machines. We needed more machines. And in that search to find more machines, we talked to Bob and Pat Smith. They're, they've had a machine shop here in Augusta for about 50 years and they wanted to retire, understandably. And so we ended up buying Smith Metal from Bob and Pat about two years ago, actually almost to the day, two years ago. So it's our two-year anniversary with Smith Metal. So yeah, so far, so good. We, uh, it's been fun. Well, congratulations on that anniversary. Thank now, you. I know you have a little bit of a story to tell. You know, you expanded through acquisition, but you did that at not a very ideal time. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we bought Smith Metal in October two years ago. And the following March was when COVID hit. And um, it was a little bit of a scary couple of months. You know, we were all looking at each other with big eyes. We do a weekly meeting and we we're like, did we, did we make a horrible mistake? Did we grow too fast? And um, we were super lucky. Smith Metal, their biggest customer base at that time was about 50% automotive, but then 50% food. And even the automotive dropped off because of COVID, the, the food side of it, the food manufacturing side of it took off. So we were, we've been very, very lucky. I say it all the time. We're, we're a lucky group. That could have been disastrous if the auto was more than, than 50%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when they shut down, everything shut down as far as like, you know, we were going from a, they're a pretty big part of our business to, it wasn't even a trickle, it was just ended, stopped. So they, they, you know, put holds on all their orders, canceled out all POs. It was, it was a pretty scary couple of weeks or months, months, I would say months. Yeah, I could imagine. So going forward, how do you think about customer and sector concentration? Has it altered the way that you all are, are going to think about these things and do things going forward? 
Yes, absolutely. We we talk, it's a constant conversation we have about staying diverse. And we talk about all the time, like, oh, hey, we, we need some more, you know, aerospace work, or are we set up to do aerospace work? Do we need to look at some different certifications that we just last year became ISO 9001 certified at Smith Metal. And we're talking about maybe being AS9100. So we could do more aerospace work. We're always trying to stay diverse, just so we're not wrapped up in one industry when one fails or, you know, has a dip, we have other industries we can live at, you know, get sure. more orders from, more work from. So, yeah, we talk about diversity and how important it is. Even on the vendor side of it, um, with COVID, we've had- Oh, to, there you go. Yeah, yep. we've had to branch- Talk about that. We've had to branch out on our vendor side a ton. And now our, our general rule is we like to have at least three solid vendors for crucial- tooling and metal just because it's it's becoming such an issue. Sure. Yeah. Everyone, everyone in the country is talking about supply chain issues right mm-hmm. now. And it's funny, you know, I I sell manufacturing companies for a living and something that every buyer looks at is the customer in the sector concentration, but very few look at the vendor concentration, but there is real risk in that. There really is. And and it's so weird, even locally, just on a smaller scale, we were having a little bit of a hiccup. Normally our our metal supplier, they can get us any metal we want next day. But recently there's been about, I don't know, four or five day gap, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is when you take short. A lot of automotive jobs are within a couple days because they're down and they need something up, right? We've had to go pick up materials, part of that wearing multiple hats with a small business. I've had to go pick up material from the distribution center just because they don't locally have truck drivers for their routes to make the deliveries as fast as they normally would. Wow, that's crazy. Well, good for you that you have the ability to do that. So one of the things that I wanted to speak to you about when you guys had to do this pivot right? As you you make an acquisition, then COVID hits, you basically lose 50% of your business. And you did something very specific, digitally, social media, to gain new customers. Can you speak into that a little bit, Chelsea? Yeah, I joke that I'm kind of a walking ad for LinkedIn, but during COVID, we couldn't visit customers. You couldn't, cold calls really didn't exist anymore, right? You had to pick up a phone or you can just stop in, right? You had to pick up a phone or get online and go onto your social media accounts. So we really started, we, we hadn't really done it in the past, but we really started trying to pick up our social media presence. And I made like a very modest goal of doing like at least one post a week on social media, on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Those are the three we chose. Um, We got a little bit into TikTok, but I don't think we do a great job. So (laughs) if you're listening, please don't look at our TikTok account. (laughs) But yeah, we we went online and, and just started reaching out to people on LinkedIn. And we've had a ton of success doing that. That's fabulous. So a lot of people in the manufacturing sector owners are aging, right? And so they view, most of them, a good majority of them around the country that we speak to, view social media as a waste of time. And, you know, you and your husband are younger entrepreneurs and you're clearly seeing the benefit of this. Can you speak into a little bit 
the specific how-to of what you're doing on LinkedIn that might benefit people, women around the country that are, are in the same position that you were in a short while ago? Yeah, absolutely. We, we kind of went with the approach of we're not we're not always trying to to sell some things. I mean, I, I'm a salesperson at heart, but I know that it can be annoying, right? So we just tried to create like good content, like something that would be entertaining to look at, but also is very genuine. So I think the posts that we see doing the best are ones that are like, has some human interest part, you know, like it's just a day in the life of our shop or something interesting that we thought what other people could relate to. And that seems to actually generate a ton of feedback. Like I'll visit a customer and they'll be like, oh, I saw, you know, two weeks ago that you got a new machine and and then broke a probe, which we did. (laughs) I've done that myself. (laughs) You know, it just, I think that that helps a ton. Yeah, I think so too. It, you know, and as I talk to some of the aging manufacturers, that's one of the things they say is like, what in the world would I share? Well, oh my gosh, you bought a new machine. You're investing in your company. You just promoted from within. You just, you know, promoted you a new shop manager. You had a holiday party. They want to see what's going on in your company. And the more they see you, the more you're top of mind when they need to source a product. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. We did one, um, one of our posts that did really well was Lindsay, our office manager, had her one year anniversary and we posted about that and everybody really liked it because Lindsay's, you know, she's almost the face of the company. She talks to our customers more than we do a lot of times just with like, you know, the purchase orders and order confirmations, delivery dates. I mean... It was, it was a big deal. That's fabulous. So you mentioned three venues. I think you said LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Talk to us about which one of these you think is you get the best results on for your business. Absolutely. It's LinkedIn. Facebook and Instagram are kind of more, I think, B2C sales, LinkedIn's B2B. And we haven't gotten, I mean, we... I shouldn't say it though, because honestly, we got, we've had two of our newest employees were through Facebook because they saw our posts on Facebook. They liked what they saw and they reached out. So it's, it really depends. I, I'm going to say LinkedIn right now, but it could change to Facebook. That's really interesting that you got new employees through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Did they come, did they have manufacturing experience? Yes. Yes. Both of them did. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah, we are really lucky with them. They're they're great additions. It's been, I think, they've been with us a couple, like six months now, I think, and they've both been great. Yeah. I do agree with you that LinkedIn is more business appropriate, but I also have a belief that things like Instagram and Facebook help a company with their SEO the more you're participating on social platforms, the, the the higher you're going to rank organically in SEO. Do you find that? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. That's that's kind of why we did them. I was I was hesitant at first, but we just started doing the same posts, which is a little risky because it, there's you know they don't like to see duplicates. But just for the sake of time, we do mostly the same post between all three platforms, just like I said, really modestly once a week. It's nothing crazy. We're not trying to do a daily post. Like me personally on my personal page, I might, but for the business accounts, I just try to do once a week for both companies. 
Have you ever done, like, do you join groups on LinkedIn? There are certain, like, there's an EDM group, there's a CNC machining group. Do you get involved in those groups and then do some of your posts to those groups? I, I join those groups, but I have not posted to them yet. I think I have um, a case of the shies when it comes to that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that is very important when you're when a company is using social media to to increase awareness about their companies, their services, and so forth, you want to be perceived as a thought leader in your industry. And so that involves publishing articles and so forth. I would really encourage you guys, you have a very nice website on Sutton Machining. That's suttonmachining.com for our listening audience. One of the things I would encourage you to do is to develop a blog. And some of the things that you are doing where you're just doing a basic post, actually write a blog and post it to your website about life at Sutton Machining. Some of the same things that you're posting, you can create a blog for, and it gives you an opportunity to share certain things within these groups. And you could just talk about like best practices in, in EDM work. You know, you could talk about your whatever it is in CNC milling and, you know, new machines that you may have bought and doing a review of them. There's all kinds of things you can do. Yeah, absolutely. We've definitely kicked that idea around. We just haven't haven't committed to it yet. Yeah. Well, it's you know what you got. You guys are you're young and you're just starting out in the last few years. And there's going to be tons of opportunity to to do different, try out different things. I just love what you did. That you know the attitude where you lost half your business during COVID and you actually took action and used very inexpensive tools that were available to you to build your business back up. And I think that's a, um, a message that manufacturers around the country who might still be struggling need to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, LinkedIn was definitely saved us for sure. Yeah. So I also know you and I spoke before, and I think you mentioned that you have two machinists that are Navy vets. Yes. Yep. So, and you and your husband are both vets. Yep. We're both Army veterans. So here's my, here's my question. Why is, or do you think manufacturing is a really good place for ex-military people to land? I think, I mean, the hours are conducive. If, if you're in the military for any amount of time, it's, you know, you work really, really hard early in the morning until afternoon. It's, it's a set time. It's pretty regimented. And I think that speaks well to manufacturing. You know, you show up, you do your job, you work hard. You know, I think that it's, and, and there's some camaraderie there too, right? You know, in both in both places, in your machine shop and in the military. Sure. Yeah. We've had veterans acquire businesses through us. And the ones that have had, they had technical background from being in whatever branch of the military 
they were in. The example I think of is um, a fella that was doing repairs on Navy submarines, bought a pump and valve company with the same type of repairs on it. So, and it was a beautiful marriage. I, I, you know, I, I often wonder if, you know, the skills, some of the skills gap issue and finding manufacturers, finding appropriate workers could not be solved if there was a better effort to bring in Army, Navy veterans into the manufacturing community. Oh, absolutely. Especially like, there's, there's, you know, I never really thought about it, but there are a ton of machinists in the military, especially on the Navy boats, like Marines. And, and then as well as like most of the, the army maintains their own motor pools. So they have tons of mechanics, tons of technical people and same with, exactly. same with the Air Force. Yeah, exactly. So tell us, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about your two companies and a little bit more about the services that you provide. I'm very curious about this. You have a very wide range. It's not often that you see a company that has good CNC capabilities, but also welding and fabrication and EDM. Speak into a little bit about your capabilities and what type of work that you're doing in various sectors. Um. Yeah, so we have, uh, obviously, our, our two base departments are by far the our, our CNC mills, second by our CNC lays. And then we also have pretty strong EDM department that's headed up by our general manager. He um, came from the tool and die world and is very comfortable with all the EDMs. He does uh we have a um, wire EDM, EDM sinker, and then a hole popper as well. And those machines tend to be always busy. We've always got work for them. Then we also have a 3D printer. If anybody needs any 3D printing, let us know. <laughs> we um we end up printing mostly toys on it for uh, everybody's kids. <laughs> it's got um it has an app that's very easy to use with a phone with an iPhone, and so our son figured out pretty quickly that he can send prints to it from home and then watch it print from the phone. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, yes, we end up running on material pretty quickly. <laughs> In the in the three D printer room. How old is your son? He just turned thirteen, so he's <laughs> very into all that stuff. He's taking a. He's actually. I'm surprised that at the middle school he's at. He's taking a three D and design modeling class, which is very cool. Oh, I love hearing that. Yep, yep. I didn't. I honestly, I didn't even know they were offering it. And he, we're looking at a schedule at the beginning of the semester, and I was like, "What is this?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I signed up for it. I thought it'd be good for the machine shop." And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." That's fabulous. So many programs around the the country ended long ago, and I love when I hear, especially you know, in younger grades, that they're reintroducing, you know, especially as one of the new technologies, newer, like 3D printing. That's fabulous. He was saying in his classroom that he has three 3D printers and that they can, they're working right now on um, making different braces. Like they get like, they get presented with like a problem. And then as a group, they're in like groups of three or four, they have to design up like a fix for that problem. It's really, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm pretty excited that he's in that class. And then he's also taking a virtual class for coding. So I don't know. He's a, I think he's going to be, 
I think he'll be involved in the machine shop when he gets older, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's so fabulous. Just, right now, he just pushes the broom on the weekends. <laughs> just a lot of sweeping. Yeah, that's great. So what is next for Sutton Machining? At Sutton Machining, I think our next move will be we need more space. So we're either going to buy a different building or we're going to add on to our current building. Our current building is sitting on about four acres, so we definitely have space to build. We're just waiting to see what the right move is on that one. Yeah. And what's next for Smith Metal? Smith Metal, I think our next move is is going to be the same. We're either going to add on to the building or change locations. We actually just bought across the street from Smith Metal was a old Comerica bank that we purchased and we're moving our EDMs over there to clear out more space for some more lathes. So we're, uh, we're expanding at both locations. That's fabulous. It sounds like you guys are growing in leaps and bounds. I love hearing it. I would encourage you guys to, you said that you got your ISO certification and you're thinking about getting the AS9100. Do it. It will make a difference. You, okay. you the, the aerospace machining world right now is booming. Really, it, it will I promise you it will benefit you. So listen, we are starting to run out of time. And before we do, I want to give you an opportunity to tell our listeners how to reach out and learn more about your services. Yeah, absolutely. The best way to get a hold of me personally is my email. It's chelsea.sutton at suttonmachining.com. SuttonMachining.com. Yep. Wonderful. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for being with us today. We wish you and your husband continued success and all the best. Thanks, Fran. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, if you're a woman in manufacturing and you'd like to be on the show, please reach out to me at 908 387 1000 or through LinkedIn. I'd also like to encourage our listeners to visit whampodcast.com, where you can listen to all of our shows and other manufacturing podcasts brought to you by the Jacket Media Company. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining the Wham Podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.